0: Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. Whether you are listening to this podcast or you are watching us on YouTube, we are so glad you're joining us and we encourage you to download the show notes and follow along if you can. My name is Amber Jordan and I am here with Dr. Michael David Morales, AKA Mo. Mo, it's good to be with you today. How's it going?
1: Hey, what's going on, Amber? I'm doing well. I am ready to talk leadership. So I'm always ready for your story. So you told me you have a good one today, so I am I am like on the edge of my seat as always.
0: All right. Well, we are going to be talking today. We titled this episode, Be a Person of Action. So I thought I would start off a story with everyone's favorite bald-headed man of action, which, sorry, Mo, is not you. Oh. But I know. But it is somebody that I think everyone's really familiar with and that is Daddy Warbucks. So if you have not seen the movie Annie, you that's I mean, right. kind of where have you been? Because I think we've all seen it maybe as kids, well, maybe not everyone watches Annie it. Which Annie
1: are you talking about? Which version? You better get it right.
0: Oh, oh, definitely Carol Burnett as Miss Hannigan. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's yeah. what I'm referencing. <laughs> But, All right. Uh, you know, yeah, so he he is a man of action. He's a, you know, a, a billionaire and he acquires an, an orphan for the week. It's a basically a publicity charity stunt where an orphan comes and stays at his mansion for the week. And basically his household staff takes care of her. Um, and he gets the publicity and then the orphan goes home. And this was a, kind of a tradition that they did, but this one girl, little orphan Annie, she captures the heart of all his staff and eventually kind of charms him and wins him over. So the end of the week comes and nobody wants her to leave so he decides to go to the orphanage to visit Miss Hannigan who runs the orphanage and and talk to her about making this more permanent so he shows up to the orphanage and Carol Burnett you know she's not a big fan of Annie or her job or (laughs) (laughs) life in yeah life in general and so he says you know I want to talk to you about Annie and and she's like you know basically says do you want to you know trade her it, give her back and forget it or do you want to upgrade <laughs> to a different orphan and he says i want to adopt her well hmm. she's trying to keep her composure so she goes off to this little closet that's next to her office or attached to her office she shuts the door and she just lets out this scream of like frustration and aggravation and then she kind of like <laughs> fixes her hair <laughs> and walks out of the closet yep but, you know, he goes on to actually adopting her because he is, after all, a man of action. And so we're going to talk <laughs> about that today. Um, we'd like to know how we can all become billionaires, first of all. But second of all... Sign me up. Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about being a person of action. And again, like mm-hmm. all of our topics, there are so many aspects that can go into that. But we're going to cover three that we think are really important. So why don't you tell us, what are what is the first component of being a person of
1: action. Wow. Well, uh, I haven't seen the movie Annie in so long, and I need to go back and watch it cause, uh, you just give them the story. I, I mean, Carol Burnett is just hilarious and everybody in that movie is just, they're such good actors. Um, but I, before I, I get to the first point, I actually want to start out with a quote that, uh, is one of my favorite from, um, President John F. Kennedy. And he said this one time, he said, there are risks and costs to action. But they are far less than the long-range risks of comfortable inaction, and gosh, that just really gets me because I do not want to be seen at the end of my life as a person of inaction. I want to be a person of action, and so when I was thinking about the components, like you said, Amber, there's there's a ton, and so we narrowed it down to three, and then we'll pro- we might even you know make this you know several podcasts you know down the line, but three that were really on my on my mind lately um, are, are the following, and the first one is this. Uh, have necessary conversations. Leaders, are you having the necessary conversations? Because leaders are always about having conversation. I mean, that's what we do. If you want to know uh, what it means to talk to people, you need to be a leader. If you don't want to talk to people, you're probably in the wrong business whatever that business is and so there's always a reason to have conversations with people just every day at at, at your desk at their desk by the water cooler or the, or, or the coffee station or whatever in fact my, my brother likes to give me a hard time because he says that i'm always in meetings and he says that i even have meetings to set up meetings <laughs> which actually sometimes isn't uh that far off right and so i, I choose my conversations wisely and I want to make sure that I'm doing everything according to my, my time management and my priority management, because we don't have a lot of time. Nobody does. Leaders don't, uh, followers don't, we're all leaders, we're all followers. We only have so much time, right? And so that's what I'm talking about. I want to be intentional about the important and necessary conversations, a lot of times the reason why we need to have conversations is because something difficult is going on. And I'm not talking about, you know, uh the building's burning down or anything like that, but there's a lot of little conversations, ones that are going to make a difference over the long haul. And so you need to have those conversations. And a lot of leaders that I know just they don't like having those because they they, they might feel a little bit awkward and they're thinking, man, I just wish people would do their job. And so I wouldn't have to deal with that. But that's what leadership is. So wherever you are, there's probably several conversations (laughs) that need to be had probably with you and by you to the people that are looking up to you. So the question is really just whether or not you're going to be willing to have those conversations. What are the conflicts and the needs that you need to take care of at your business? Because sometimes conflict can be solved with One conversation, but sometimes it can't. Sometimes you're going to be doing, you know, having many conversations. In in fact, it might be a whole string of conversations. But if you don't start having these conversations, you're only going to make it worse. The conflict might be between you and somebody else on your team, and if that's the case, my suggestion is that you apologize. Right? It's never a bad. I mean, if I can make a sub point here, it's never the wrong thing to apologize, and you might not even be wrong in the situation. But when you apologize, you let people know that you care about them and then you want to take ownership for what you're doing wrong. And I remember one of my mentors once told me, said, Mo, as the, the, the further you get in, in leadership, the higher you get into leadership, you're going to find yourself apologizing more a lot of times for things that you didn't really do wrong. But mo, you're gonna probably offend some people and I've offended a couple people <laughs> over over my <laughs> over, over my time. I think Amber, you're one of those people and I've been doing leadership for a quite a long time before we even met. but you know what it's always about the relationship and you can't move on until you start having those conversations. you, you, you make relationships better when you start you know getting out some of that dirty laundry and, and I'm talking about in, in in the good way you don't want to, you don't want to air dirty laundry but you want to get it out into the open and you want to, you know, you you want to have, have the conversations with people so that they are not having conversations about you with other people. And so here's the complexity. There's all this complex stuff at your work right now between you and people that that are at work. And there might be a clash of ideas or perceptions or even the way to do business, but whatever it is, you need to help facilitate those conversations Remember, you want to be a person who is not afraid of conflict, but one who will hit conflict head on. And the reason for this is it builds your conflict management skills. I mean, I mean, how often do we talk about conflict management? And believe me, conflict management skills are some of the most important in business. And what business am I talking about? Every business. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, the conflict is inevitable. And so we have to be prepared for it. But, you know, we're talking about being people that take action. And so I know for some people when it comes to having a conversation, it's like, okay, well, if I'm going to be a person of action, I'm going to, you know, immediately have this conversation. And sometimes that's a good thing. And sometimes that doesn't go so well. Whereas other people are like, no, I really just want to wait. And I want to think about it. I want to make sure I'm saying the right thing. So how do we, how do we make sure that we're not being reactive and impulsive and at the same time being people that don't linger too long, but, but are people of action?
1: Well, it, that, that's really a good question because it's like, when's the right time? Well, you might be somebody who flies off the handle and I'm not giving you permission to just go to work tomorrow and be like, well, most that I've got to have this conversation. I've got to have it now. A lot of people really just need to stand back and count to 10. The problem is some people talk, count to 10, and then they count to 20, then they count to a hundred and then a thousand. And then all of a sudden it's analysis paralysis, right? Well, You've got to talk to the people that you trust and, you know, figure out how you're going to have these conversations. And then you have to have them. You've got to have the conversation. My guess, Amber, is that most people aren't worried about having a conversation right away. They're uh, on what I'm talking about. They are kind of, well, you know, I could have this. Why don't I just wait another day? Why don't I just wait another week? Why don't I just wait another month? So to finish up this point, I want to ask this question. What's the conversation, the one conversation that you need to have today? And if you're not going to have it today, even though it probably should be today, what about this week? When your people yeah, see that.
0: Oh, yeah. I just was going to say, if you, if you're unwilling to have this conversation now, or if you feel uncomfortable and you're thinking, oh, I don't want to have it. I don't want to have it. Try to put it off. Ask yourself, do you want to have to come back and have this conversation again in a couple months? If you don't ever want to have it, why not just get it out of the way now? <laughs>
1: Well, and it's going to be worse if you wait in a couple of months because things are going to fester and you got to be transparent with your people and you got to help them understand that, that you're going to have conversations with them when they need to be had. And it's going to raise the stakes for everybody on your team. And it's going to give them the idea that you're serious about bringing up the important issues and tackling them head on.
0: Okay. So we are convinced that to be a person of action, we have to have a conversation. What's the second (laughs) thing we need to do?
1: The second thing is this communicate the importance of people. And this really leads you know into everything that I believe about people, which is people are everything. When you communicate the importance of people within your organization, it's going to set you up for the long haul of what we call lasting success. What do I mean by the importance of people? It's exactly what it sounds like. People are not just part of the business. They are the business. Without them, you're not going to be able to get anywhere. Well, I mean. At least, if you're a leader, right? I mean, if you're an entrepreneur and you're doing your own thing, yes. But if if you're in the business of leadership, you're not getting anything without without your people. You're not getting anywhere without your people. And so, unless you're willing to put your people above everything else at the top, you're not going to be a leader worth your salt. In fact, Mary Kay Ash, which is which is one of my favorite leaders to talk about, the famed owner of the company named after herself, Mary Kay, um, says that people are definitely a company's greatest asset. It doesn't make any difference whether the product is cars or cosmetics. A company is only as good as the people that it keeps. And that's my question is, do you treat people this way? How good is your company? Because it's only as good as the people that you keep. Are people just, a, just another cog in the machine where you work? And I wish I could say that it, it was different than the old days, but um, it, it's not. I mean, we, we see that people missed it back then and they miss it now. We need to put people first. If you want to be a great leader, you can't miss this point. You have to figure out the value of every person in your sphere of influence, and you need to start making these challenges right away. The more time that you put into people, the better off you're going to be. You can get get a lot of things wrong in business, (laughs) but if you get the people part wrong, it's really just going to mess everything up because it's gonna mess up your vision. And remember, your vision has to be bigger than you. Your vision has to be big enough to where you need others to come alongside you and help push that vision over the edge. And so I hope that you're gonna have people come alongside you and grab onto that vision because when people buy in to what you're doing, they are gonna help everything just go that much smoother. And everything is about embracing culture. Are you helping people be the center of what's going on and not just be uh people who who respond to culture but are you having them come alongside you to be people who actually influence culture as well
0: and it's so important and i you know i know we kind of sound like a broken record that it's all about relationship it's all about people but it it really is and i think when i when we first started having that conversation and you would say, you know, it's all about people. I'm like, yeah, I know. But also they're the most frustrating part of my job. <laughs> and, then, and then I got to this point where I realized, wow, like, I I wasn't seeing the people. And that's why I would get so frustrated with these kinds of conversations of, you know, if I'm supposed to communicate how important they are to me, then I have to really be able to see them. And so then when I started to see them, now when I'm in situations where I feel like people aren't being seen, where people in the organization aren't being recognized or their their talents aren't being valued or utilized, like it's actually really heartbreaking and, and frustrating. And I just, I look back and think, wow, a few years ago, I would not have thought that. I would have thought if I could just if I could just do my work and not have to deal with people, everything would go great.
1: Well, isn't that what, what uh, people say a lot of the times? You know, uh, business would be easy if it wasn't for the people. Leadership would be easy if it wasn't for the people. <laughs> of course it was because people are the problem. You know what? You're a people. I'm a people. We're all people. But that's why we have to put our people first. And just like you said, Amber, once you start to really care about and love the people that you're working with, and, and, and learn how to serve them well, they're gonna feel that. They're gonna know that and they're gonna want to be better for you and with you and that's just gonna make the company get better and I'll bet you this, when, when our leaders out there start doing that, people aren't even gonna know what, what, what's changed and what's changed is your attitude towards them and that you're not seeing them as the task But you're seeing them as the end of everything that it's about. It's not about the product, right? Just like Mary Kay said, you can have cosmetics, cars, whatever it is. But if you're not focused on your people, you're dead in the water.
0: Yeah. And when you do focus on them, then they become, they're inspired to be people of action. And now Mm. your team is that much more productive, Mm -hmm. which is awesome. So, okay. So the first thing we need to do is we need to have necessary conversations. We need to communicate the importance of people. What's the third and final, um, aspect or concept we need to incorporate into our leadership to be people of action.
1: Yeah. Point three is this, it's time to align your team and you got to align the team now, right? Because we're talking about being a person of action to take action now. And When you think about this point, you have to remember that you are always crafting and honing your vision. You want to get better on a daily basis and you want to put in the work to do that. And once you do that, then you can get people on board and say, okay, this is where we're going. We want to go from good to great. Just like Jim, Jim Collins says, right in his book, good to great. He says that once you get people on the bus, you have to get them on the right seats and on that bus. And out of the, the many, many conversations that I have with leaders on a regular basis, this seems to be a point of frustration for uh, pretty much everybody, meaning getting people in the right seats and doing the right thing in in their company is, is harder than it seems. So are you frustrated at your work right now? And furthermore, do you feel like you're in the right seat uh, on the bus where you work? Because if you don't, there's gonna be some cause for frustration there. And if you feel like you're in the wrong seat, And then you have people looking to you, they're going to feel your frustration because there's a lot of people I I know that feel like, man, I was hired at a company thinking I was going to do one thing, but really I'm doing something completely different for whatever reason. Maybe somebody else quit or got fired or, or, or the, the, the business got bought out, whatever it is, but you got to figure that out. And so if that's you, don't worry because you can always shape whatever piece of the puzzle that, that you have, meaning your job responsibilities because the responsibilities that you have on a daily basis are going to help you to, to, to figure out, okay, this is what I need to do. And if I don't want to be frustrated, I've got to shape this in such a way where I can I can thrive. But when it comes to your people, you always have to help them align to the vision. That's why you got to know your vision. Because when you're in charge of people and, and shifting culture and, and making decisions, and all these people are looking up to you, the important thing is, is to help them understand that, you know what, wherever this vision this vision and mission of the company is going, I can trust my leader. Dale Carnegie says this, the secret of success lies not in doing your own work, but in recognizing the right man to do it. Do you have the right men and women doing the things at, at work with you in the right places? Are they, are they on the right seat on the bus? and do you live by this secret here it is are, are you entrenched in your own work and worrying about you know uh, just yourself or are you more concerned about what other people are doing not not to micromanage them but to be ready to be available for them when you look at the men and women at your company it's important that they feel good about where they are and who they are in the company because it, you have you have to help them understand that they have power within the company and you have to help them take power to, to change their situation if, if they're not where they are because you can lend a, a, a helping hand, a listening ear and you can help them understand themselves more and gosh, when I can help somebody ask themselves the right questions and start understanding themselves more, man, I get all fired up because that means I'm contributing to them and to their success and then guess what they start doing? they start contributing to the team. And I would say that the most important thing about this point right here is the best way to align to align your team is to do this, Amber. Be honest, <laughs> help the team, be people who help each other, who always lift each other up, who are always looking out for one another and what's best for the team and the organization. There's so much backstabbing, blame shifting, all the bad stuff in organizations that we always hear about, right? But if you wanna be different, Give your team a vision, help them align to that vision and help them be the best group of individuals who make up a great team, who affect the company in a positive way. And this is definitely going to get the attention of both your higher ups and the rest of the entire organization. Sorry, I just got fired up right there. (laughs)
0: Yeah, no, that's great. Well, and I think that that's cool because, you know, helping to align to a vision that can seem like, whoa, this big grand thing that will take a long time. But the simple action of, hey, you could start today, you could start right now by just right being now. honest, that brings us full circle back to have the conversation. <laughs> and just put it out there on the table. And so that, that is something that we can all do um, today when we get to work, tomorrow, <laughs> but sometime this week committing to, right. hey, I- I'm going to be honest. I'm going to have the conversations. I'm going to communicate the importance of my people in any way I can and then help align them to the vision. So, Mo, as we're getting ready to close out this episode, what are your final thoughts for us today?
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm about to jump out of my seat here. I'm, I'm so fired up. I mean, these are all actions that we really need to be taking now. If you wait on these things and just add more time on, on, on having to take care of the fix later on, you're, you're just going to keep putting yourself further and further back and your company right now needs a win. The men and women in your, in your organization, they need a win. Remember when, when Kevin Malone in, in the office, uh, when, when, uh, that one company took away all their parking spaces and everything else was going wrong in his life. And so him and Andy, uh, Bernard, and I think somebody else, Oscar, they went over there and they, they, they took back their spaces and told the, the heads of the five families, we want our spaces <laughs> back. And so they get their spaces back. Right. And then Kevin is doing one of his little interviews, you know, uh, by himself and he says, it's just good to win one. It just feels good to win one. Man, you need to be helping your people to win because it's always about bringing things to the surface for your people. Don't let things get brushed under the rug. Don't let the squiggly thing stand under the rock. Just pick that rock up, make it uncomfortable for people, but do it with them in mind and having their best interest in mind. The time is always now. If you wait, it just affects the effectiveness of your team negatively in the long haul. So have the conversations that you need to have. Where are those conversations? And and, in fact, one of the most uh, important conversations that you can have today is the one that you're thinking about right now. (laughs) Secondly, ask yourself, am I really putting people first? Some of you out there listening need to do some thinking on that. And finally, are you focused on bringing the team together to align the team, right? And getting them behind the vision in full alignment, not just with the company, but with one another. This is deep stuff, but I'm telling you, if you take this to heart, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to blow your mind. It's going to change and shape the way that you do leadership in, in ways that, that you are not even ready for. And I can't wait for that.
0: Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you so much, Mo. And hey, listeners, thank you so much for joining us again. We are at the end of this episode, but we can't wait for you to join us next time. Thank you for listening to the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. Highlights and resource links are available for you in the show notes. We hope that you will join us next week as we continue on the leadership journey. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out and share with others so they don't miss out. See you next week.